This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Yes, indeed. Good morning. I am joined this morning... My master gardener, Teresa Rooney. Good morning to you, Teresa. Good morning, Danny. It's great to hear you. It's nice to hear you, too. We could hear you a little bit louder, I think, if that's possible. But, okay, uh, we'll, I'll we'll... talk a little louder then. Okay. <laughs> yell it from the rooftops. I'll yell it from the rooftops. All right. If you have any kind of, and if you're a regular listener to the show, our Smart Garden Show, you know how busy we tend to get. So call or text uh, either one, whichever is easier for you. If you want to chat with Teresa, great. If you want to just send her a text, that's great, too. 651-461-9226 is the number to do uh, either the phone call or the text. We're getting questions, and I understand why I had my own, too, uh, as far as uh, uh, when and how to bring in outside plants. What's what's your time frame here, Teresa? Oh, that's an excellent question. So the best thing you could have done is at the beginning of September, move those plants to a little bit shadier location. Uh, It gets them used to a little bit less light, although we've had a lot of um, some overcast days, so that helps too. But what you want to do is, first of all, if you need to do any pruning on the plants, because sometimes they get really big, so you've got to kind of prune them back a little bit. You can take them back by a third if you want to, um, depending on the plant, of course. Just prune it back, get rid of any dead leaves or any branches that died off, clean them up a little bit, give them a good spray of water, uh, try to knock off all of the insects on the on the branches, on the leaves. Make sure the leaves don't have any bugs on them. Uh, look at the soil, clean the soil off, all the little twigs and leaves that have fallen on the soil. Wash the pots really well. That means the bottom of the pot and the saucers to wash everything. What you're trying to do is not bring in any little hitchhikers. You don't want any freeloaders in your house for the winter time. Then bring the plants in when you decide it's time. If it gets really cold at night, you do want to bring them in or cover them. If it's going to be a nice warm day, you can put them back outside again if you want to. But once you decide you're finally bringing them in, then make sure they're all nice and clean. Bring them into the house and segregate them from the rest of your plants for about two to three weeks. You just want to make sure that there's no insects on them, that no smiter, spider mites or anything came in. Then once they're all happy, you can go ahead and put them in the sunniest location or where you're going to store them all winter long or keep them all winter long. And during the winter, just make sure you keep them watered. Don't over or underwater them. And if they're actively growing, you can feed them. 
And as, as speaking of watering, and, and you and your colleagues always remind us that, especially during this, this dry seasons that it's, we've had, fall is, is water, so water, water, for water, water. Yes, water as much as you can, uh, as often as needed, I should say, not as much as you can. Water, 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 especially those evergreens. If you want to see them next spring, come out green. If you don't care, then you don't have to water them. They'll be dead over winter, and they'll come out brown next year. But if you want to keep your trees and shrubs and lawn alive, you do need to make sure you water, especially here in the metro area. We are very droughty, and so you do have to keep things watered really well. Teresa, is there a temperature, we're talking going back to the taking in our plants uh, or covering existing outdoor plants, is there a, a temperature that... And I'm looking at the forecast, and the coldest uh, I see, the coolest of this coming week, is 40, generally right. f- 42. Right. But it's going to be 70 uh, during the day It's going to be Friday, 70. So. so we're going to get a second summer eventually again. We normally do in, in Minnesota. We get a second summer where you can enjoy those outside wonderful temperatures. But think of most of your plants, like your basil, your tomatoes, uh, your house plants. Most of those are tropical plant plants. It doesn't get in the 40s in the tropics usually. Yeah. So you may want to just protect them a little bit. Uh, a little trick you might want to do if you want to just keep your tomatoes growing or anything else, take a jug and fill it with water and it gets warmed up by the sun. And then at night, the radi- the ambient heat from that will be released to the area around your plants. It's not going to do a lot, but it could be just enough to save your plants. You may want to try that in conjunction to if we start getting down to 35, 32 32, your plants are going to freeze, so you want to cover them. And you can cover them with the floating row covers, that white polyspun fabric, or with blankets or sheets. Don't use plastic. Uh, If you do use plastic, you have to hoop it above the plant so that the plant never touches the plastic. If the plant touches the plastic and it's frosty outside, the cold is just immediately brought down into the plant and will kill the plant. So no touching of the plastic. However, you can do a big hoop house over the plant, and that'll be nice and warm. And then you can put your warm milk jugs in there, too, of water, and that will help uh, give you a few degrees of warmth for the plants for the cold. Good idea. Let us grab a phone call uh, this morning, Teresa, from uh, Kathy who's calling in from Cottage Grove, I believe, this morning. Kathy, Kathy, thanks for waiting. What's your question for Teresa? I'm wondering, can I still um, dig up Carl Forrester grasses and split them and then replant them? It would probably, Kathy, that's a good question because it's hard to know when you can divide plants. I would probably wait till spring to do that. Those plants have a really big root system and to and to um, to move and disturb that root system at this time of year, it's going to be a really hard for them to get back into uh, growing and getting adjusted before the ground gets too cold. So what I would probably do is just maybe get a little flag or a little something you can mark that maybe put it on your calendar next March to be watching for those days as soon as the ground thaws out enough where you can dig up Carl Forrester. It's a nice wonder next March to be watching for those days as soon as the ground thaws out enough where you can dig up Carl Forrester. It's a nice, wonderful feathery grass and dig it up and divide it and then replant it. Um, but leave it up all winter in the place it is. Um, so good luck on that, Kathy. Right. This texter, uh, Teresa, says uh, they have a prickly pear cactus in New England aster in pots. 
Wondering how to overwinter them in my unheated garage, they ask. Put a hole in my veggie garden. What do you recommend? I would do the sinking of the pots into the veggie garden. Both of those plants should be hardy here if they're a hard, uh, use a New England aster. They should be hardy here. I would definitely sink those pots into the vegetable garden once you've cleaned out the vegetable garden. Mulch them in really well. Make sure you give it the dr- a good drink of water to the pots and then just mulch them in really well once the soil starts to to fr- uh, freeze up for you. This may be wishful thinking, this uh, one here. <laughs> I thought about myself. Does a heavy morning dew constitute watering in fertilizer and seed? Um, it could. It could. It it, uh, it very well could. A heavy dew could, could do that. If we get a wind or a bright hot day, that a little amount of precipitation, though, or a little amount of moisture will dry up very quickly in that top layer of soil. Okay. Let's grab a phone call before the break here. I think Larry is checking in from uh, West St. Paul. Larry, what is your question this morning? I have two established honeysuckles that within a week have defoliated. Uh, I'm pretty sure it was black spot. It's too late to do anything now, correct? It it would be if you don't have any more foliage on the plant. There's no nothing to treat exactly. with the disease. I would keep them very well watered, though. All right. Very good. Thanks. Thanks good for checking in. Uh, I'll tell you what, let's do this. Let's take a break, Teresa. A quick one. And reminding our listeners, if you have any kind of a lawn or garden question, you want to call it in or text it in, one number to remember, 651-461-9226. 56 degrees in the Twin Cities. Uh, as far as your Sunday forecast, uh, it's going to be a nice day, albeit a windy one. We expect uh, highs tomorrow. Uh, oh, around uh, 69 or so. But winds gusting as high as 40 miles an hour. Stay with us here on Newstalk 830 WCCO. And a good Saturday morning to you. Welcome back to our Smart Garden Show here every Saturday on CCO in the 8 o'clock hour this morning. Denny Long here joined by Master Gardener Teresa Rooney answering those uh, lawn and garden type of questions, either by phone or by text. And again, 651-461-9226. By the way, it's 56 degrees here in the uh, Twin Cities. Uh, Teresa, a texter wants to know, is it too late to plant perennials given our uh, forecast? Uh, You're pushing it. Uh, We probably will be, uh, the ground will probably be pretty darn cold in, in four weeks or six weeks. If you get a really good deal, though, go ahead and plant them, or if you have to plant them because you haven't yet, like somebody I know who's on the call right now, um, go ahead and plant them. Give them a really good drink of water and mulch them. And instead of just putting down, say, one or two inches of mulch, you may want to put down three or four inches of mulch or put down two inches of mulch and and then keep it really well watered. And then as the as the, it starts to get colder in the air, um, add another inch or so of mulch. What you're trying to do is slow down the ground from freezing. Um, it will naturally start to cool, but you want to slow that cooling down. So you'll give it you'll get by an extra week or two for the perennials to root out for you. And then um, do protect them from the bunnies that will happen all winter long. Okay. This uh, listener, Teresa, wants to know, will uh, uh, putting fresh-cut evergreen boughs in the soil of our outdoor flower pots for fall and winter decorations affect the uh, the acidity of the soil for next spring's flowers? 
the amount that it would impact the soil acidity is going to be minimal. Most of the plants that you will plant in there are not going to be that susceptible. It's probably a very neutral or even a little higher pH in the pot already. So bringing it back down to neutral again is not going to be a problem. The only thing that is that when you're digging in there, there'll be the pokey little needles that might still be there. So you may want to wear gloves. Okay. Uh, This uh, texter says, thank you for the gardening show. Would you recommend putting cardboard to cover the soil in an area in a vegetable garden over the winter? This is with the intent to avoid weeds in the spring. Well, the cardboard might smother the weeds when they come up in the spring, but there's not going to be weed seeds that, that are flying in. So the cover, I mean, you could... I probably would just use a good a good layer of leaves. Uh, they'll break down and they'll break down faster and then get that organic matter into your soil. The cardboard's more of just a barrier and I'm not I don't I don't know that you would find it that that impactful, that effective. You always like and you do too, uh, Teresa, to remind our listeners to check out the great University of Minnesota website, extension.umn.edu. There's so many good pieces of information there. There are, in case you have any questions about how to take care of your lawn, because what you do this time of the of the year in your garden, in your lawn, will be so beneficial for what happens in the spring. So if you don't do anything, you're going to see that in the spring, that you really didn't take care of it really well. But if you do some work now in your lawn and garden, you will see amazing results in the spring. Absolutely. Uh, this listener, Teresa, wants to know, what do I do with my amaryllis now that it has beautiful green leaves? Um, I would just, uh, it's, if it's outside, I would eventually bring it in when it start, starts getting closer to 40, 45 at night. I would definitely bring it in or cover it. Uh, then just put it where you want it to be and give it the, the best light that you can. And hopefully it will bloom right on schedule for you as you want it to bloom. If you want to keep it from blooming as quickly, maybe put it in a room that's a little bit cooler and so it just doesn't get um, triggered by more light and with the heat to, to start blooming. Okay. Let's go back to the phones, Teresa. I think Helen is on the horn calling in from Rice Lake this morning. Helen, what's your question for Teresa? Well, I have a temporary dappled willow, and, of course, it's grown all, all during this summer. And I want to know when I should trim it back to so it's a topillary. Okay, that sounds really pretty, Helen. That sounds like a gorgeous little plant. It's probably going to be a little tough one to keep in its in its uh, in its shape, the topiary shape there. Uh, but I I would wait if it's in the ground. Uh, hopefully, it's in the ground. Then just wait until the ground freezes or the ground is almost frozen. Then you can trim it back to what you want. You don't want to do a lot of pruning on your plants right now. That triggers growth, and that growth isn't going to be hardy enough to make it through the winter. That growth is also going to take some energy from the roots. Uh, with that, the plant should be storing energy in those roots instead of having to, to put out new growth. So it weakens the plant. So I would wait until the, the ground is nearly frozen. Then you can trim it up how you want to, and then whatever you want to do, put lights on it for the winter or whatever you do. Okay. Good luck, Helen. Call or text your lawn and garden question to Teresa, 651 uh, This texter says, uh, I have a big geranium planter with a spike. It's a beautiful, many colors. Am I better off taking cuttings, or can I take the whole thing and keep it on a cool porch? Uh, the 
cool porch would have to never freeze. So if you'd be happy to leave your favorite glass, uh, your your precious glass out there filled with water and know that it will never freeze during the winter, you can go ahead and put it on your cool porch. Otherwise, uh, you can dig that those pots, those plants out of the pot and repot them into smaller pots and cut them back and bring them in the house. Or you can bring in the whole pot if you have that big of a room, if you have a sunroom or something that could take care of it. So you have some options there, but just remember it can't ever freeze on that porch where you want to put it. So if it's a cool porch, that's okay. If it's a cold porch, that's not going to work. Teresa, this uh, listener has nine pepper plants, and a few of them are loaded. A few have a couple, and two have none. This usually happens every year. Uh, There are just two kinds, jalapenos and bell peppers. The jalapenos always are loaded. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm not sure what they are questioning. Well, but why why are some why, have uh, why so are, many and some have either none or few? It's just sometimes you get plants that are just like that and they just don't fruit or bloom as much. Or perhaps those blossoms weren't ever pollinated. So they just never they just never fruited out. Um, if you can, you can dig up those peppers and you can pot them in pots and bring them into the house and treat them as a house plant over winter if the pots if the plants aren't too big and you may even get peppers over winter however you might have to do a little pollinating if you want peppers but um if you just even want to do that and bring those plants in especially the plants that fruited really well for you bring those in keep them over winter and then you can set those same pots out again you know, after Memorial Day next year and plant them in your garden. And you can keep peppers for many years if you want to do that. It gives you a really strong plant with really strong roots and it get a head, gets a head start. And then you can decide that's the plant that always produces. That's the plant I want to save. Oh, interesting. All right, Teresa, hang on. We're going to have a look at that the forecast for the Twin Cities surrounding area in uh, just a moment or two, and then we'll have about another half hour of the show to go. If you have any kind of a lawn or garden question, don't wait. Call or text 651-461-9226. We'll be right back with the forecast here on 830-WCCO. And a good Saturday morning to you. Welcome back to our Smart Garden Show here every Saturday in the 8 o'clock hour. Thanks to Teresa Rooney, Master Gardener, helping you out today, either by phone or by text. Send the Delana Garden question either by phone or text 651-461-9226. I'm looking at the text messages, Teresa, and we could be here for, oh, maybe two, three days <laughs> uh, answering these. So let's uh, let's see if let's we can get, with get, it. Get, okay. get to it. Uh, let's see. Where did we live? Uh, big geranium planter with a spike. We did that one. Yep, we did that one. Uh, we did that one. Ash trees. I've been having my ash trees treated for emerald ash borer for a number of years now. Can I prune them now or do I still have to wait until they are dormant? I would still wait till they're dormant, just in case there's a little sneaky something out there. I would do, definitely wait. We were talking about uh, watering evergreens, and this texter wants to know how long should you water a pine? I'm not sure if they mean it one watering or uh, till it freezes, uh, till till the weather is, uh, to the frost or what? You want to keep watering until the ground's almost frozen. So that doesn't mean continuously. You just want to give it good drinks of water until that ground is frozen. You want to do that for every single one of your plants, but it's most important for any newly planted plants, any stressed or plant stress plants that happened over the summer and your evergreens. Okay. 
This listener would like to plant hollyhocks. Uh, any hints? Should I, they say, do it this fall or next spring? Should they be up against a fence for support? That's a really good question. Hollyhocks uh, will need some kind of support probably, especially if you have any winds coming through. So you can do stakes. You can do um, you know, some fences, or whatever you want to do. Most hollyhocks are biennial. There are some perennials out there. So the seeds you plant in the fall or if you do a winter sowing of hollyhocks, that's a way to do it too, where you use it in a milk jug, and you can Google that online. Uh, those plants will come up. They'll just be leafy next year. Then the following year that they will um, then bloom for you. So you'd want to do the same thing next year so that every year as those seeds fall to the ground, you just kind of get alternate uh, generations of planting A and planting B and planting A and planting B because the seeds will be biennial and then they'll flower the second year. Okay. This listener, Teresa, wants to know, can hosta be divided and transplanted now? You can. It's not the best time. I wouldn't be dividing your plants unless you have to. I wouldn't be transplanting them unless you have to. Um, you're really pushing the envelope, especially depending upon where you live and when the ground is going to freeze out in your in your area. If you are pretty sure you have four to six weeks before the ground gets too cool, before the ground gets down to that 40 and 35 degree temperature, then go ahead and, and do that. Um, if you have to do some divisions and transplanting now, water in as as really, really, really well. And again, give them that little extra layer of mulch and make sure that they stay nicely hydrated going into the winter and protect them from bunnies for next year, next spring. This fall texter writes, uh, should I cut back all my shrub plants, tall grasses, hydrangeas, etc.? That would be a no. Um, I'm going to let you guys all just get out of a whole bunch of work. You don't have to do any pruning right now. No pruning right now. Uh, Just, just, clean up your veggie garden and even before you do that take some pictures so you remember next year and take some notes what worked and what didn't but no pruning on anything right now just keep mowing the grass there's a good lawn question i think that uh, needs to be answered we used weed and feed this week can we still overseed in the next week or do we need to wait for dormant seeding now tell us about the you know what if you're using a weed killer pre-emergent, right. whatever, and you're going to seed, what, what's the, the, that's kind of a timing issue, isn't that's it? A, that's very much a timing issue, and it's very much dependent upon what the bag said, what the product said on it. It will tell you right on the product, you can seed after so many days or weeks. Uh, there's not a lot of time now to seed, so unless they say you can seed the next day, I probably would wait for dormant seeding and then do your dormant seeding at, at the correct time once the ground is frozen just before that first big snow that's going to stay over winter. It's kind of a related uh, text, uh, Teresa. What's the latest time you can successfully start a newly seeded lawn? Uh, we're just about at it now. Uh, hey. your, those grasses, they... If you want to think of planting a seed and then that seed has to grow, and if you look on the packet of your seeds, it's going to say that it start, that the seed, depending upon the variety, some take 21 days to germinate. In 21 days, that's three weeks from now, it's not going to be very warm out there, and those are going to be tiny little grass seeds that are going to have hardly any roots at all. We're going to get frosted and they're going to get killed. So you're wasting your time and effort. Uh, I would wait then for dormant seeding and just see what happens in the spring for you. Okay. 
My hostas, this texture says, have small holes in them. It's not slugs because their holes are small and round. I can't find any bugs under the leaves, just tons of small little holes. What could it be? It's probably, it could be just a little caterpillar or a little um, a beetle of some type. And really, when you're starting to see little holes in the plant, in the leaves of the plants, that just means that your ecosystem in your yard is getting more complex, which is a very good thing. And th- it's not a problem. And plus, those leaves are going to be dead in about three to four weeks. I hate to tell you this. We're going to have a frost. It's going to kill the leaves. But it just means that some little insect got a good meal and the hostas can handle that. Uh, if you have more than half of the leaves still there, if you look on total, that's perfectly fine. When I see holes in the leaves of my plants, I'm usually pretty happy. It just means that I'm getting more insects and a more diverse variety of insects in my yard. And that means I have a healthier ecosystem. Okay. My, uh, let's see. I was thinking, too, that uh, someone told me many years ago, when I used to see, still do occasionally, see toads or little frogs or, you know, various mm-hmm. sizes, that that's a good sign. That's an excellent sign. If you're seeing amphibians Why is in your yard, because they are such an indicator species, they are impacted so easily by uh, bad conditions, uh, by uh, pesticides and chemicals and things like that. If you're seeing those more sensitive species like toads and frogs, you have a really good ecosystem. And they're, they are eating so many of the bad things in your yard that you would not believe. So they're like lucky lucky to have those in your yard. You're doing something really good and keep doing it, whatever you're doing. Well, I remember used to, with the lawnmower, I used to really have to dodge them <laughs> to avoid. Right. And now we don't because our, our whole system has been hit by so many different yeah. impacts of chemicals and pesticides and herbicides. And we've just got so much out there. We don't see those frogs and toads anymore. So build those ecosystems back up so they can be really healthy and they'll take care of themselves. And then you don't have to use that. You can spend your money on, you know, pumpkin spice lattes or glasses of wine or new plants or football tickets. Yes, or all the above. Or all the above. Uh, Here's a listener wanting to know, my tomato plants have so many leaves that it's shading all the tomatoes. Is it safe to cut all those leaves off? Uh, You can cut most of the leaves off. Go ahead. Go ahead and cut those leaves off. You may even want to cut the tops of the tomato plants off. Um, any flowers, cut those off. They're not never going to produce tomatoes. If you have teeny, teeny, tiny green tomatoes, cut those off. They're not going to do anything in the next two to three to four weeks. Uh, but just, yeah, you can go ahead and, and cut back those leaves on your tomato plant. All right. Again, our number is also, phone number is also the text number, 651-461-9226. In late July, Texter writes, I rooted cuttings and sand from a rose bush and from a geranium plant. For the winter, should I bring them into a heated garage and leave them in the sand pots or repot them with potting soil? If they've got a good root system, you can go ahead and repot those. And uh, I'm not sure if it's rose geraniums. You would want to keep them so they're not going to freeze. So if your garage stays at 40 degrees, 45 degrees, you're fine to leave them in there just water them occasionally. They're probably not going to do much. They'll just sit there. If you can give them some light and a sunny window in your house, that would be great. They'll start to grow a little bit. Or you can bring them in when it gets really a little chillier in there and start them up so that those cuttings start to get a little growth on them. 
uh, give them as much light as you can. You may want to supplement some light with a growing light, and then they'll be nice and short and and robust and and filled out a little bit. So next year you'll have nice rose geranium plants. Okay. This listener's boomerang lilac tree just about done blooming. Is it okay to trim it now? Um, I would say no. You can trim off the spent blossoms. That's fine. But any more trimming than that, you will be cutting off next year's flowers. And there's not a reason to have, unless you have to prune for some reason, um, it's getting into the walkway and then you may want to think next year about moving it uh, or it's getting too big or it's lopsided or something. You can do some slight pruning, but remember if you, if you do prune any of your spring blooming shrubs, you're cutting off next year's flowers. All right, tell you what let's do. We have many uh, more text questions uh, to get answered here on this uh, Saturday morning. Again, 651-461-9226. Hang on, Teresa. We'll take this uh, questions uh, to get answered here on this uh, Saturday morning. Again, 651-461-9226. Hang on, Teresa. We'll take this uh, quick break. We'll be back with uh, Master Gardener Teresa Rooney and your questions here on News Talk 830 WCCO. Welcome back on this Saturday morning to our Smart Garden Show, uh, here every Saturday in the 8 o'clock hour. Denny Long here along with Master Gardener Teresa Rooney answering uh, your lawn and garden questions, of which there are still still many. By the way, coming along next hour, Andy Lindis will be answering your home improvement questions. So get uh, those in mind when Andy uh, joins us next hour here on CCO. All right, Teresa, let's see. You know what I wanted to make mention, too? We haven't done so, and we always like to do that. What a gorgeous time to get to the Arboretum. Oh, my gosh. If you love to see beauty, go to the Arboretum this time of year. Um, My favorite is the grasses. So if you go on Three Mile Drive over to the grasses and just sit there for a while, it's magical. And you will be just wanting to put ornamental grasses in your yard. The asters are gorgeous. The prairie is gorgeous. Uh, just, yes, go get some fresh air. Get your get your time slot at the Arboretum. or And then when you're done at the Arboretum, head over to the Apple House, which is just down the road, away from this uh, west on the west on uh, 5. Uh, get some apples. Get some cider. Tomorrow. Get some yeah. squashes. Yeah. And it's it's a beautiful day even if it's raining. The the a slight overcast day is the best day to take pictures anyway. So wonderful photo opportunities looking to see what those plants look like in the fall. Those trees, that oak tree that you want, what it looks like. Uh it's just absolutely beautiful. And uh, keep in mind too that if you're going to go out there you have to make reservations. You do have to have a time very slot. Easy. Yeah. You need make make reservations. You don't need that for the Apple House. They're open 10 to no, 6. True. But yes, for the Arboretum you do need to take picture uh take pictures. Yes, you do need to take pictures. No, you do need reservations. And you just do that online, but you will be taking a lot of pictures once you uh, once you get out there. You will. You will. Um uh, yeah, easy drive. Just uh, head west on uh, Highway 5 to 41, and it'll be on uh, on your left as you mm-hmm. uh, pass through that intersection. This listener says, can I move my hydrangeas now, and do they do well in shaded areas? The hydrangea, it depends on which hydrangea it is. Some need a little bit more sun. They can handle a little bit of shade. So you really have to figure out which hydrangea you, you have. And then go to the extension website, extension.umn.edu. 
and then figure out which hydrangea it is and how they how much sun they need. I would not move them unless you have to right now. I would guess just leave them where they are and then remember to move them first thing in the spring. Uh, this uh, texture says, and I pronounce it mugo, some people say mugo. Can uh, mugo pine shrubs be planted now? Uh, you can. Um, I, I probably would not unless you have a really good guarantee from the seller and they're going to replace it in the spring after it dies. Um, those pines, those evergreens, you know, if it's a container plant, go ahead and plant it um, and then just keep it really well watered and give it a nice thick layer of mulch. Uh, you can. They just need like eight weeks to get rooted into the ground. And I don't think we have eight weeks till the ground is going to be pretty cool or frozen. So so your evergreens need about two months. So if you think the ground, we're not going to have snow on the ground in two months, which would be like the end of November, you can try it. But this is Minnesota. I sure hope we don't have another winter where we have no snow and just sub-zero temperatures. Right. And no moisture. Right. And, and, you know, in the Farmer's Almanac and the, the forecast, they're kind of going back and forth like a colder winter, maybe a little more snow because this is the third La Nina year. So we just really don't know what's going to happen. It's setting us up for some weird situations. So yeah. I would try to err on the side of, of you know, being very conservative with moving plants and dividing plants and just, just do as much uh, pretreatment with the watering and the caring that you can. Once once we get past the cold and and the ground is frozen, you can do some pruning if you have to. But wait for wait till our first spring to prune the evergreens. But yeah, I probably wouldn't do them. You go now. Okay. There, that minutes. was a long way to get to the point. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Couple of minutes to go, Teresa. Uh, this texture says I have a very large uh, pumpkin patch that got squash beetles this year. Do I have to move my pumpkins to a different location next year? And what gets rid of squash beetles? Okay, so clean up the the foliage really well. So you want to take those plants totally out of the ground. In that case, with squash beetles, I'd probably even pull up the roots. Uh, and you should move your plant families in your garden if you can. However, if a pumpkin patch is the only place you can have it, uh, if there's only one space that's big and sunny, you can replant there. Just watch for other diseases. Um, and then just clean up that foliage really well and watch early for the squash bugs and get rid of those those uh, egg sacs that you'll, those eggs that you'll find in the bottom of the leaves. I think we have time for one more. City sodded the boulevard right before the drought. Sod is dead and the ground underneath is rock hard. Should I remove the dead sod for the winter so the snow melt goes right into the soil is their question. You know, if they salt your area, I would say leave the sod on, then pull it up in the spring and um, dispose of it. Uh, that'll take some of the salt out of the soil. And then what you can do is if you're really ambitious, you could lift up the sod and put some compost underneath it and then put the sod back down. It'd be like a little another layer of mulch. But then get just get rid of that mulch, that sod in the spring. In 30 seconds or less, Teresa, is it time to, can I still seed my lawn? too late kind of to seed your lawn wait for dormant seeding and that's what to tell us in a nutshell what the dormant, dormant seeding, seeding is. is when you actually are sprinkling the sprinkling the seeds on the frozen soil just before we get a snowstorm that's going to cover them up from the birds 
Yeah, because if you start seeding now and they start germinating and we get a frost, <laughs> you're they're going to be dead. They're not even if we don't even if even if they just grow a little bit, they won't be strong enough to make it through the winter. But I well, I haven't done this yet. But it textures is it better to aerate and overseed in the fall or spring? I've always heard in the fall as, as fall. far as aeration. Fall is better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I hope to do a little bit of that myself. Yeah. Yet I got it a little late. Teresa, thanks so much. Let's uh, tell uh, the folks again the the great university website real fast. Extension.umn.edu. I'm on again with you next week. Outstanding. We'll look forward to that. Thank you. Master Gardener Teresa Rooney will be back again next week answering those lawn and garden questions. As I mentioned earlier, get those home improvement questions ready for Andy Lindis from Lindis Construction. He'll be uh, joining us here in the next few minutes on our home improvement show. A small chance of showers later on this afternoon, maybe 30 percent. Otherwise, we should get up to about 65 degrees and Sunday, sunny, breezy, 69. Right now, 56 on CCO Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 